0: This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald.
1: I'm Ramia Amadin and this is Kelly and Ramia. Grant, I don't know. I think my memory is just slipping. Turn thirty and you can't remember anything anymore. I used to be so good at remembering people's birthdays. Did you have a thing like this? Like you just knew certain things, and uh, now you can tell that mm, brain waves are just not what they used to be. I can't remember people's birthdays the mm. way I used to.
0: I don't know. You know, in the past, I've. Have- always not had the greatest memory and i finally learned like okay you need to come up with a system to kind of better organize yourself so i would say that yes my memory is probably getting a little bit uh worse with age but i'm better in the sense that i'm learning how to organize my life a little bit
1: more my friend uh, i have a friend who says uh, we've outsourced a lot of our everything to you know these Mm -hmm. apps and such so yeah i've outsourced my memory to the calendar to the notes app to all these things, right? So there's no need anymore. Exactly,
0: exactly. Well, speaking of technology, uh, it's time to check in John Bueller,
2: for our weekly app update. Hi, I'm John Bueller, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where I share the latest app, mobile and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut.
0: Hey, John, welcome to the
2: show. Hello. Uh, Really quickly, because
0: I just read this this week, uh, Facebook Messenger owned by Meta has apparently begun rolling out end-to-end encryption by default for messages, uh, which means that essentially no one other than you and your recipient will be able to read this. Uh, The Electronic Frontier Foundation and other privacy advocates are applauding this, uh, but governments are not for long, uh, law enforcement purposes. Just curious to get uh, your thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, this has kind of been a long time coming. This is something that people have been asking for for a long time. We've seen examples in the US where uh, law enforcement has been able to look at um, people's messenger conversations and actually arrest people based on the conversations for various Uh, criminal activities Uh or even just things like getting an abortion or talking about an abortion um, in their Facebook Messenger with a family member. Um, It's kind of crazy how polarizing this feature is, um, which is standard on most other platforms. Uh, Things like your iMessage and other ways of communicating are all end-to-end encrypted. Um, So this is just one more door closing for the police and other organizations to peer into the daily conversations of the average person.
0: And yeah, I, go ahead. I have,
1: sorry, Ramya. Oh no, you go ahead, Grant.
0: No, I have to say that, uh, yeah, I can't, like, I've constantly heard from people, you know, kind of like, if you have nothing to hide, you know, you don't have to, to worry about it. I would say abortion has been the moment where a lot of my friends And people I know are saying like, okay, now I kind of get it. Like now I kind of get why end-to-end encryption is Uh necessary.
2: Yeah, it makes sense for certain criminal activities, but something like that where it's a life or death situation for some people and having them having to have a conversation about how they're going to go out of state to deal with this uh, and then get arrested for that purpose uh, is kind of, the tipping point for, I think, a lot of people uh, about sort of the privacy uh, line being crossed extensively.
1: Yep. I I mean, we've had these conversations when it came to specific examples and as it became newsworthy around Apple, uh, not necessarily the end to end, but just, you know, privacy versus (laughs) law enforcement. So, uh, here's another door closing as you said but a, get more awareness about privacy and what it actually means yeah
0: yeah uh for john sure. john uh speaking of meta let's talk about some of the latest uh, updates related to ai which makes trans translation uh, a little more seamless
2: yeah, this is something that uh, we talked about on this program. Uh, I think in the summertime about uh, basically them having a new translation service that supported hundreds of languages, and it is you know just getting better and better all the time. Well, now they've announced the V two of that service, and they've added two new features that are really interesting. One is called Seamless Expressive, uh, and what that means is like normally when you when they translate. Uh, Uh, speech or text, it doesn't have any of the cadence or the expressiveness in your voice. It sounds very robotic if it's being played back. Um, And now this technology has the ability in at least a few limited languages. uh, Right now, it's only in in, uh, English, Spanish, German, French, Italian, and Chinese, and what it does is it actually can convey, you know those various states of speech that we have. Like if you're you know in a panicked mode and you're trying to explain to someone that you're being chased, for example, uh, you're going to have a very hectic tone in your voice, and that will actually be translated along with your word, the words that you say. So that that translated version will actually sound and, and uh, emote the same way as the original language that was spoken.
1: Mm. Now, obviously, uh, I mean, it's very clear that we were going to get to this level and precision and quality of translation anyways, because as soon as this kind of thing was coming out, no matter how bad it was, you're assuming the next thing is that it's going to be better. Yeah. Do we have an idea of, like, where or how widespread it's becoming, though, John? Like, meta is this example, but uh, also we talked about... Was it Spotify with the translations and the podcasts and all these other uh, contexts? Well, what's
2: interesting about Meta's approach is that they've open sourced their tools, so these can be plugged into other places fairly easily. And Meta's doing all the heavy lifting, I think, in a lot of ways, because um, they're creating these language models or voice models that uh, are are essentially portable. Um, so it's you know it's 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 incremental, um, but some of those steps between increments can be huge leaps and right it's really impressive mm. to see um they have some really interesting demos that i watched uh that show people talking in their native language and then sort of the um it doesn't translate the the you know their video expression so they just overlaid the translated audio uh of a different language and it has the same kind of urgency and expressiveness of the original source mm. it, it's quite compelling um the other feature that they've announced is called seamless streaming, and this is uh, probably more useful when you're like traveling and you need to have an immediate conversation with somebody. Normally, you'd have to like record their conversation, let the system process it, and then uh, look back at or listen to the results. This now has less than a two second like le- um, latency, so literally you're hearing the translated words before they're even finishing their sentences. Wow. It's
0: it's cool because we've talked about features where people who don't have a voice or who are losing their voice are finally having an expressive voice to communicate in. And now we have features like this that I feel like are just breaking down barriers in that they make translation a bit less frustrating, like a bit less robotic to uh, listen to and participate in. Are, are these just rolling out right as we speak, or do you have some experience uh, utilizing these?
2: No, these are brand new. These were just uh, announced this week, um, and they're rolling out to the various uh, systems and services that can utilize them. Um, But like I said, what's really interesting is that they've chosen to not charge for these features. This is something that they're sharing with the community. Um, And so these breakthroughs, like you said, Grant, are really going to make people's lives different and better. You know, we're so close to having like almost universal language um, thanks to AI and and these types of language models.
1: And like real time feeling like actual real time. And this is what's trippy. I hope, though, that we're still focusing a lot on um, what this means for people right? Like people who whose jobs may be at risk or, you know, wh- where are we shifting the tasks of the quality checking and things like that? Because it's nice that we're, you know, getting better at the actual sound, you know, literal sound of the translation and the voices, but also are the translations living up to our expectations of what they are? And that means we need more native speakers to QC these things, Right.
2: Absolutely. yeah. And I don't think that's going to change for a while uh, until they've nailed these things perfectly. And as we know, language is complicated and it might not be something that's resolved oh, yeah. in the future. So um, but what's also really cool, though, is they're continuing to add more language support for even sort of those edge case languages that are maybe lost uh, as generational changes happen. And they're able to sort of capture them and keep them into the AI systems and and prolong their life, uh, and and they can continue to be used and and at least translated to or from.
1: Yeah, let's talk about um, some scary stuff going on. Twenty three in me or and me, sorry, twenty three and me admits that hacks hackers have access three point nine million users' information and data, and this includes what like DNA and blood
2: stuff this 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 is a pretty big deal I, i remember a lot of my friends uh not wanting to go the dna route because they they didn't like how ancestry um uh dna was stored and they had some kind of agreement with law enforcement that you know you could be they could determine that you're related to a serial killer, for example, um, and those kinds of things. So a lot of them went to 23andMe because they they, they claimed absolute privacy and they had all these different uh, features to protect your information and your, your DNA. And now that it's been uh, shown that 6.9 million accounts have been Oof. compromised. Um, and there's a couple of interesting ways that were sort of uh, results of this. They have this DNA relatives feature n twenty three me that shows you possible relatives, even though you may not be part of a family tree or anything like that. you just like, hey, I might be related to Grant, for example um so that those connections uh, and those matchings of the DNA have all been included in this data breach and um, it, it, so it, it has a lot of information that's probably useless like it's not like they have credit card information or anything like that that they're going to y- instantly utilize it's still way too early to say how valuable dna information is about a specific individual um but we've all seen enough science fiction movies to know that this doesn't end well
1: okay. and yeah.
2: it is potentially very scary uh, in the future uh when essentially you know it's not a big stretch to to think that DNA information is not unlike having your medical records exposed. Um, You know, it has a lot of your information about who you are in your makeup. And then now when you mix in the fact that it has this uh, connections to every possible relative that would be in this database as well. um, It's, it's quite scary. And I think a lot of people are going to be thinking twice about giving a DNA kit as a Christmas present this year as a result of these things. The other interesting thing that 23 um, andme me has done is they've basically forced people to opt out of a change in their privacy policy so that they can't be sued as part of a class action lawsuit that's been resulting from this data breach. And they basically force you to go in and have to do a number of steps to get um, to get yourself out of uh, that system and so that you could actually pursue them for uh, under a class action lawsuit. Um, So it's, it's just, it's a fast moving story right now, but it's also a really scary story with, uh, you know, no immediate concerns as far as, you know, identity theft or anything like that. Um, But it definitely has some long um, results that could down the road be problematic for some people.
0: Yeah, this is an incredibly scary scenario as somebody who did submit my information to 23andMe, oh uh, but I have not heard that I am included in this hack yet. That doesn't necessarily mean that I am not. I think this is scary on just so many levels. As you said, we don't know exactly what the consequences will be. They're rarely as simple as we think. The company has clearly like demonstrated that they're not really interested in re- resolving this situation to for the, the uh, good of the, the public. But I really think, again, this is an example where th- there's just no way to prevent these kinds of breaches unless you have that end-to-end encryption somehow. And we're, we're looking at people's... Uh, Medical information, too. I mean, this is telling you, you know, what diseases you might be prone to get, you know, etc. There's like a lot of information that I could see, you know, running this through an AI and going like, okay, you know, maybe this person isn't the best, I don't know, for this job or for, or for this this as a partner. I don't know, whatever. Uh, it's, it's scary stuff, man.
2: Yeah. Scary stuff. It's just, like you said, it's just too soon to know. What the you know the long tail of this is going to be uh, because of the fact that we just don't know how useful this will be to people in the future, and you know, it's just not a good scene for anybody.
0: It's literally, we're just gonna have to hurry up and wait, see what happens. Right. There's absolutely nothing we can do, but as you said, uh maybe the DNA test kit is gonna go down in terms of a popular holiday gift. Uh, we are out of time here. We'll ch- chat about uh, Eliza, the chatbot next week. Looking looking forward to that because I, <laughs> I get a kick out of that chatbot. Uh, thanks for coming on, man.
2: No problem. You both have a good weekend.
1: Thank you.
0: You too, John Beeler. We'll be back next Friday for our weekly app update.
1: After the break, we have Fire With Phoenix slash Buzz With Bill, but with Mark Phoenix. And one of the stories he has is about a magnetic surgical robot that made its international debut in a Chile hospital. We'll be back with that on Kelly and Ramya.
0: Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.